Columbus, Ohio. In Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Claire, you're in LA right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Welcome back. Thanks yeah, so welcome much. Back. Yeah, I made it. Eventually. Cheese, do you yeah. know these guys? Uh, I know Jason's sister. We went to high school together. And then this just happened randomly. This had nothing to do with that connection. This had to do with uh, Steve, who does the, the P does the PR stuff for us. And uh, oh, family nice. connected us. And it's like, wait a second, we have this connection or whatever. So it's just totally random with small world, crazy stuff. It is a small world. Absolutely. I guess uh, you're really good friends with Andy is what... Uh, my sister was saying. Yeah, yeah, we know Andy and Robbie, yep. Awesome, let's get this started. Everybody, welcome to the Three Geeks Meets the Con Guy with Claire. It's gonna be a great, great fun little hour of conversing, getting to know these guys a little bit better. So uh, yeah, tell us about you guys' podcast. I'll go first. <clears throat> My name is Jim. I am uh, one of the founders of the conguy.com podcast. It's kind of, it's we, uh, myself and Luke and Ben, we all started meeting up at the conventions and I just wanted to, to put, and I used to like go to this website and this website and this website to get ready for like San Diego Comic-Con, WonderCon or some of the big cons. And I just thought it wouldn't be great if we could get something together, a, a cool website that kind of talked about the major cons and helped us to get ready, help us to connect. And so basically it's just, when we say con guys, we mean like a convention. We're not conning anybody. <laughs> we're gonna work on that name. <laughs> Everybody thinks like we're like one of those fake news sites that tries to con people. But yeah, we just put it together about four years ago, and then the gotcha. podcast, the podcast came after that, and that's that's the whole story. <laughs> I like your guys's t-shirts. We yeah. were just complimenting Luke's, but I like the Back to the Future one too. Yeah, I do have both of those t-shirts, but if I wore one of them, it'd just be redundant. So I went with. My traditional Americana plaid. <laughs> That's the Kanye yeah. plaid official shirt. It's okay to feel, feel kind of good about America today. I, I, it, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't rocking any Americana for a while there. So that's. Uh, When's this going to air? Uh, it'll air probably next week on Tuesday, okay. Wednesday. I, uh, I like the Al Borland plaid. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but we would be remiss to say, like, Luke and Ben can introduce themselves. We have a special guest that came on with us today. She's a friend of the show, and I'll let uh, Ben, if you want to introduce her. Oh, I am going to introduce her then. <laughs> See, the thing, one thing I love is, that, okay, so, like, I'm an improv guy, so it works, but one thing I love is that, like, Jim will just be like, Ben, do this thing, and I'll be like, You're like okay. Yes, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Power Ranger... Claire Blackwelder, uh, welcome to the show today. Um, actually, yeah, you, Claire, you can introduce yourself. Oh, there we go. There's there's a screen grab from Nickelodeon, yes. Purple Ranger. Probably a stunt double. <laughs> it's totally you, Claire. It's totally you. I mean, like, could you put it in your contract? Like, I need to be in at least seven scenes, like, me in the suit. Like, that's got to happen. Like, I mean, just hey, from the those, those shots absolutely exist. I promise you, they do. But I can usually tell because the shoulders are a little broader, you know. Some buff Japanese yeah. guy. So, yeah, just like the, the subtle differences that you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> like this person yeah. obviously knows kung fu versus me. I mean, yeah, I was trained for all of one month, so you know. Oh no, you're good I'm, then. I'm That's, a pro. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're a pro at looking like you know how to do kung fu. Exactly. <laughs> it was actually so fun because like, doing that stunt training like got me into it for real. Like I do Muay Thai now and I love it. It's like oh. it's super fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I always wondered about that. Like, <laughs> have you gotten to do many cons yet, Claire? Um, not a ton, honestly. Uh, I didn't do them for several years after the show first, or after we first stopped filming. And then I think my first one that I did on my own, like without it being in our contract as a whole cast, was Morphicon 2018. Okay. And uh, that was great. And I was like, oh, shit, I should go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, always, I always forget that I'm, 
Anyway, what's the uh, rating on this podcast? <laughs> uh, Okay, great. R, we're like, I, I, I want to say X, but we're, it's not getting weird, you know, but you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Thank God, I can disrobe now. Maybe not X. We want people so, to watch, but you can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> we're today. Great. This is fantastic. I love to hear it. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. I went to uh, Kentucky Con. It doesn't matter what show the Power Rangers are from. They've always got the longest lines. Always. Hey, that's cool. Like, I never been to Kentucky Con, but great. I will say, so I I think Jim gave a, a nice little kind of wrap up of uh, of how Con Guy came to be, and I am tying this into the current conversation. Um, but <laughs> one, one, one point he left out is that. Uh, and a lot of people are surprised by this. Like, what's some? What's a fact you didn't know about the con guy? We all met at church. We were going to church. Whoa. I met Jim and Luke at church. And, and then, um, and then after that, like, I knew them from uh, from church, and and then I'd start running into them at conventions, and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, you're here." And then what really, uh, what we really connected over is my buddy at the time. He's since sold it, but at the time, my buddy had a replica Jurassic Park Jeep. That he would drive around town, the, the, nice. the kind of tan and red one, you know, or the gray and red one, whatever it is. And uh, Luke is huge. I guess he's up there. Luke is huge into Jurassic Park, as am I. And um, and then he was like, oh, dude, your, your buddy's got a Jurassic Park Jeep. Oh, we should connect. We do this. You know, we've got this website and all this stuff. And we go to cons. And then eventually they were just like, do you want to come on our show? And I was like, as a guest? Sure. And then they were like, no, become a host now. <laughs> and then next week, and then next week, and then next right. week. Um, Get a gun to your head, the contract in front, like sign it. <laughs> sign it. <laughs> I ain't signed nothing. I don't mention contracts. Um, but one one awesome opportunity I've had that we've kind of developed out of this was I've had the opportunity to meet so many actors from the Power Rangers franchise. I was born in 1984. I was nine years old when Power Rangers premiered. I think it was right before my ninth birthday when Power Rangers premiered on Fox Kids, I think, is mm -hmm. when it, where it originally premiered. Yeah. And so I was like prime. And I remember as a kid, I was like, there was this commercial for something called Power Rangers. What a dumb name. And then I watched <laughs> the first episode and I was like, this is everything I've always wanted about anything. <laughs> and green one now? So I've... I've had the opportunity to meet so many wonderful people. I am every time I'm on a podcast with a Power Ranger, for example, like Claire, I'm always like, Claire's one of my favorite people in the world because every cast member from Power Rangers I've met becomes one of my favorite people in the world. I texted uh, this morning, I texted Cameron Jibo, uh, who is one of my favorite people in the world. And I know he's been huge on like, uh, political stuff and, and voting and, and Biden Harris and all that kind of stuff. So I texted him this morning. Um, cause I knew he was, he was celebrating and having a good time. And, and so we texted back and forth. And if I could go back and tell nine year old me, even though it's not the power Rangers I grew up with that I'd be like texting a power ranger on a Saturday morning, you know, that's just an awesome opportunity that I've had. And Claire has come on and done a couple of our shows. She's done some panels. She's awesome. What are you up to now, Claire? What, what's going on? We're in the middle oh, of a man. pandemic. So. Last time she was walking through, uh, wasn't she walking through Portland, Oregon, or something, and with her mask on? Or you were? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went up to Seattle just like on a trip. I don't know. Yeah. I've, um, for many weekends during lockdown, I've like gone camping because um, you know that's a distanced way to stay sane. And I love, I love camping. I like, you know, I, I do it a lot. I love hiking. I love the mountains. I'm a mountain gal. Um, so I've just kind of like been doing that whenever I can. So last time I saw you guys, I was in Seattle, um, right before camping in the San Juans, which was really fun. That's um, cool. but yeah, that's, that's when I saw you guys last, but I guess, um, my main thing I've been doing while like our industry is essentially shut down, um, is I'm teaching piano. So I've been at this piano school. Um, I don't know who knows this or if you do, but I'm a classical pianist. So I've been teaching, um, piano to kids mostly um, at this school in Los Angeles. And it's been really great. So most of our lessons That's are awesome. online, um, but occasionally I'll get to teach an in-person lesson and it's 
so much easier to teach in person. Oh my gosh. It's just like trying to teach piano through a screen is a huge challenge. You know, you're like, okay, let me, let me, let me flip my camera around and show you what my hand is doing. You know? <laughs> it's, it's so odd. Um, but it, it's been nice. Um, I have loved having the opportunity to play more piano again, because I, I used to practice all the time and, you know, obviously I got busy and wasn't able to really commit to that as much as I would like. So it's been really cool to kind of reintroduce that um, into my life. So that's been cool. Yeah. Muay Thai uh, specialist, pianist, concert pianist, <laughs> hiker. Like, is there is there is there something that you don't enjoy doing like, that you're not like exceptional at? Or is this like um, <laughs> that's amazing I'm really to me? Bad at anything involving technology? Don't ask me to do anything coding wise. Okay. I can't do right. it. Okay. <laughs> is, is Muay Thai is that the the art of the eight limbs or whatever? Where you, like it's hand hand elbow elbow knee knee foot foot or is that am I thinking of something else? I mean. I, I honestly, I'm not sure. That sounds right, though, because whenever you're doing like a combination, they're always saying like one, two, three, four. So I'm, I'm that is probably right. But <laughs> somebody on the <laughs> internet will like correct striking. me. Like I, I started in jujitsu, and that's like grappling, and it's it's all you know like rolling and no striking, and and Muay Thai is all like you know throwing punches and elbows and stuff, <laughs> knee strikes. <Yeah. laughs> nice. Yeah, I like it. I like that a little better than, than jujitsu because that was all just like getting wrestled by massive dudes and <laughs> getting pinned and choked out. That's no fun. Yeah. It, it's all the <laughs> you passed yeah. out again. Yeah. <laughs> well, Claire's on no, like, It's good for like again like if you're if you're if someone grabs you and you know a bit of jujitsu then like you you're Honestly, glad to know. Honestly, it's useful. It. Yeah. Not that I've been assaulted on the street. I'm not like suggesting that I. <laughs> but seriously, it, it's it's a nice thing to know because you know it like, uh, kind of clues you into like certain um, weaknesses in the body. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. little gaps that you can find in certain holds. Um, like the whole thing is just the art of like getting out of a chokehold. So <laughs> it's useful. <laughs> So, yeah, Max and I have met some of the Power Rangers as well, and we've had very similar experiences to you, Ben. We uh, we got to meet Bulk and Skull like two years ago, oh, cool. and they had the best and worst panel at the exact oh, same Andy time. They Andy Kaufman their panel on purpose. <laughs> so what they did is they came out and just talked about government conspiracies yeah, and like, aliens like alien for <laughs> one hour. It was amazing. It oh, was I would so love that. <laughs> I felt like I was in the room for six hours, but I was enjoying the troll. Yeah, it was. Good. Was was Tom DeLonge involved at all, or? Yeah, because I walked up to them to meet them afterwards, and I heard them talking to I think maybe their manager or something. He's like, "Yeah, we totally Andy Kaufman," and just let that panel go right into the trash can. And I was behind them laughing. I'm like, "I knew it. <laughs> that felt like a troll. It was really, really good." And it was fun though. Jason Frank, we've interviewed a few times. JDF. <laughs> JDF. Hashtag JDF. That guy's cool. Um, Claire, have you, Claire, have you met JDF? I, Honestly, I don't get, think I have. Uh, um, some of the some of the actors were talking about meeting JDF on some sort of anniversary episode or something. Yeah, Sorry. Okay, I think that was um the last one we did, uh, or not not the last one, but the one before that when I was still in Idaho. Um, I think Abraham was talking about. Uh, meeting him on their crossover episode or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And, and he's like, oh, who are you? And he was like, are you serious? Oh, no, that was <laughs> yeah. Austin St. John. He didn't know who Austin St. John oh, was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, both are embarrassing, so. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. Um, <laughs> All right. My wife showed me a video the other day of it was something somebody shared on Facebook or something, and it was like the the bulk and skull theme music is the most repulsive piece of music ever written in the history of mankind. And it just played it on a loop, but it's just that and I was like, oh, this is the most repulsive piece of music ever written. That's true. Oh, no. Have you guys got to meet them yet? I haven't. They're exactly like the characters in real life. Their chemistry is really? so good. So what they do when they go to cons is they take an old couch with them and by the end of the weekend, they've destroyed the couch. That is their goal, to destroy the couch. 
<laughs> and, you get to jump on the couch and take a picture with them and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and every time it's a bit. They do a whole bit with you the yeah. whole time you're meeting them. It's good. It's good. I recommend meeting them. Uh, I've had, I've been you lucky know, enough to meet Karen Ashley too. Oh, but everybody I've awesome. ever she's yeah, nice. everybody I've met from Power Rangers has been awesome. Billy Yost is one of my next ones. I'm hoping to oh, meet. David Yost, yeah. David Yost, David Yost. You played <laughs> combine the real and the fake. It happens. <laughs> oh, but uh, you know, you're saying that you're a huge Jurassic Park fan. Um, what do you feel? How do you feel about Jurassic World? Is that like, are you enjoying these movies or? Go or ask Luke yeah. first. Luke, okay. you answer this first. I en I enjoyed Jurassic World the first one. Like, I mean, it's not like. The classic cinema, you can't beat like the Spielberg, just like iconic film, like one of the best films of all time kind of a thing, and just with the score and everything. But I think Jurassic World is fun, the first one, because I like Jurassic Park when the park open or opening or you're kind of going through that experience. To me, that's the best version of Jurassic Park. And then when it went to Fallen Kingdom, things close, and then burning down the island, how dare you? Like, because that just kind of like kills kind of the whole thing for me because the island is so much and of what Jurassic Park is and having that. I mean, I mean I'm still gonna watch the films, I'm still gonna go see them. And I'm definitely looking forward to the new one having like a lot of the original cast back, you know, Sam Neill coming back and Laura Dern and you know Jeff Goldblum. Like it's gonna be interesting to see what they do on the next one. So I'll definitely watch it and I did enjoy I did really enjoy the opening of Fallen Kingdom. I did too. I, I thought the opening was great. Amazing scene in the park that's felt like what Jurassic Park should be, but then when it went to this weird like auction and weird house and some it turned into a Looney Tunes cartoon and something. Yeah, it's weird. All the dinosaurs made, in the and, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Jurassic World 3, it's funny that you say on the island and stuff. Jurassic World 3 is what I've wanted them to do since 2, which yes. is have the dinosaurs everywhere. Because I think that could, you know, Planet of the Apes with dinosaurs, I think that could be a fun take. Mm -hmm. uh, when they say when they call it Jurassic World, I, I thought that you know, like the, yeah, the dinosaurs are gonna be all over the world. But then you know, yeah. when you incorporate some of the factors, it's like if you can train Velociraptors, then like yeah, it should be. Like, I wanted Chris Pratt. That's that guy's name. Uh, you know, like out in the world with his you know pack of raptors, like in a you know sort of like a post-apocalyptic T-Rex ridden planet. But uh, like they, they have yet to give me that. Um, I'm yeah. still waiting. Well, We'll pull it off maybe in the next one. He'll bring his raptors with him and then he'll go. On There's only mission. one left. Blue's the only one left. The the dead, one. Right? Yeah, you're right. Um, they got killed in the first dress world. There's I'm hearing some interference or something. Somebody typing or sorry, I just don't want the sound to be compromised on the I hear it too. Okay. I don't know. Stopped. Now it's going away. Um, nothing happens. <laughs> as far as no touching, no touching. Uh, yeah. As far as um, what Luke was saying, I, I pretty, I pretty well agree with what Luke was saying. I liked the first Jurassic World. It's kind of like I, I watched him once, and then like I watched Jurassic World again a couple times, and then I tried watching Fallen Kingdom a second time. Like I saw it in the theater, I enjoyed it. It was weird with the auction and all that kind of stuff. But then I watched it a second time. And yes, the first 15 minutes of Fallen Kingdom are awesome. When that lightning goes and you just see the T-Rex in the background. And then it flashes again and he's close or she's closer and all that kind of stuff. That's that's awesome. But the rest of it's kind of weird. And now, I mean, for me, I know this goes against the grain of the conversation. But now that the dinosaurs are loose on the main land of the United States or whatever, I'm just like, <sighs> okay, okay, like, there's just, there's so many variables here, how are you going to tell a story besides, you know, dinosaurs going out? I think Trevorrow did do a short film that's online right now about dinosaur, like a family that's camping out in, like, the Redlands or something, or, or in the Redwoods, and that mm -hmm. these dinosaurs come through, and there's a dinosaur fight, and I watched that online, and that's, like, an official, like, canon type of thing. Uh, and that's pretty entertaining, but I'm just, there's, it's such a wide, it's, it's not, we're on this island with dinosaurs and we're trying to escape. Now it's like, they're here. What you going to do? You know? Like, <laughs> hmm. That's just me. Does anyone remember the, uh, the cartoon, uh, the movie We're Back? Yes. 
I mean, that's that's all I want. I knew, it as a book. I knew it as a book first. There was a kid's book, and then they based the movie off of that. Oh, right. I should probably put my phone on silent. Oh, it's all right. We've had we've had Larry Hankin on twice now, and every time his phone rings in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> have you guys got to talk to Larry yet? Not yet. We do have his contacts, so we'll be reaching out here eventually. You should, man. He is he is so entertaining. Oh, I bet. I mean, his credits are just like he's like everything. Yeah, level of credits almost. IMDb crashes every time you try to load his whole. Freaking- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was watching an early Family Ties, and sure, sure enough, there was Larry Hankin in a jail cell. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Luke, uh, tell us about your fandom, your nerdum. So yeah, like I, I grew up a big fan of Batman '66 because you could see the Batman signal in the background, and if it was more lit, you could see some the the 1966 Batmobile. So that was kind of like really what started for me. I used to watch that with my dad. And watch, you know, the oh, there it is. He's got the bomb. Like some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? But yeah, that was a big fandom. And then when I was eight years old, I really I saw kind of kind of pretty much saw Jaws for the first time. I was on TV and I was too scared to watch like Jaws, like the shark part sometimes when the shark would surface, but I still technically was watching the movie and I got like obsessed with it. And then when I was in like sixth grade, then I was like binge watching the whole series and all that so as you can see in the background well you can see my john williams thing with kind of a jaws thing but i'm a big time jaws fan also grew up on back to the future so those are kind of like three fandoms that just really kind of got me in and then jim randomly took me to WonderCon, sucked me into the whole he conned me into going to WonderCon. con jim are these things because i always kind of went away from kind of the the nerdy type stuff in my life like i mean, i collect some things here and there but it wasn't something i really embraced and then when I was kind of on a convention floor, I was seeing some kind of like toys from like my youth and other stuff. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And being kind of a movie person, a screenwriter, uh, have seen some cool panels with like different actors and big movies. I was like, oh, this thing's kind of cool. And then started to continue and eventually we started Con Guy. What do you guys, uh, have you guys seen Cobra Kai? Yeah, it's oh, one yeah. of my favorite shows, man. Okay. Yeah. I, my my question isn't about Cobra Kai; it's about back. It's, <laughs> okay. you know, it's about Back to the Future. You just saw yeah. Yeah. Have you guys on, have you guys on. heard the guys who did Cobra Kai have a very interesting take on what they would like to do with Back to the Future if they were given the opportunity? What do you think about Back to the Future getting the Cobra Kai treatment? It'll never happen. <laughs> It'll probably never happen, but they were talking about like Marty being in the doc role. I don't know. I just wanted to get you guys because you guys are fans, super fans, obviously, because you got shirts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm just of the attitude of like, leave Britney alone. <laughs> like, just let the Back to the Future trilogy just be. It's perfect the way it is. I'm a Back to the Future 3 fan. Some people like to shit on Back to the Future 3. I, I love, love it. it. I love That's it. the only Western I've ever seen. Back oh to the Future goodness. 3. <laughs> that does not count as a Western. It's a Western. It's That's a Back to the Future it. It's everything. See, I was of the same mindset, but Cobra Kai is one of the best shows out right now. It is. And if those guys have like a little bit of an idea that could turn into something maybe half as good as Cobra Kai, I'm kind of curious. But like, we, I went from not wanting it at all to being yeah. curious. I'm not going to disparage the Cobra Kai guys. That by no, no yeah. it's fantastic work. Don't get me wrong. But like, yeah, and Kumar guys so made like, one of the best shows of all Marty time. Has, in the doc role, like, Marty is not the doc, though. Like, the, he can't. He's not smart enough to be like, I mean, Marty's a good guy. Like, I, you know, I'm not trying to shit on anyone. Like, doc is doc. Like, it's not like. Marty was his lab assistant, is his protege lab assistant. He was more like a lab rat. Like, like that was, <laughs> was like, I mean, oh, I've got this new thing. Let's test it. Like, that's Claire, uh, you're younger than all of us. What do you think of this? I'm, I'm like so uneducated when it comes to <laughs> all of this. Like, I mean, I think you guys know that like the first episode of Power Rangers aired two days after I was born. So, like, I'm, I'm a wee babe. <laughs> Wow. I don't know. Any I was in fifth grade starting a Power Rangers club. <laughs> you know, I love talk, talking about um, the sequel. I mean, Rick and Morty basically is the the best the best follow up to Back to the Future. I think we will ever have. 
that's what that's what they should do. They should get because they did fan casting with Robert uh, Downey Jr. and uh, uh, um, jeez, uh, I can't think of his name. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Thank you. They should just make a live action Rick and Morty. Get those two guys to play Rick and Morty oh and not call it Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd like to see Lithgow and Tom Holland. I think that would be. Oh yeah. I met John Lithgow. I did, read a, you. I did a table read with him. I got hired um, <laughs> to do a table read. And then they and then they wanted to book me for the show, and I couldn't do it because I, I had a conflicting commercial shoot. I'm, I was so disappointed. I'm an actor, by the way. Uh, <laughs> in demand. But I'm at, yeah, I know. It was like, I don't work for 13 months, and I book three things the same week. Uh, <laughs> that's the actor, kids. Claire can verify. <laughs> Um, no, I met John Lithgow and he was a delight. He was an absolute delight. He just like walked around, like he was almost he was a room full of people doing this table read and he just walked around like wide eyed, shaking everybody's hand and like smiling at them and making eye contact. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, <laughs> I love Harry and the Henderson. So, um, no, that was fun. Sorry. That's, that's just cool. I, I, I love hearing when, when people are just like nice people. You know, you, you know more often, not to say more often, but like when you hear about somebody, like, you're like, oh, man, this guy's great. And then he just turns out to be a complete asshole. You're like, well, like, he's great on screen. You know, like that's. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, Daddy's Home too. I know. Make fun of me all you want. I didn't like that movie because I like Lithgow and Mel Gibson's chemistry in that movie. I think they're so funny when they play off of each other because, you know, they're so opposite. Lithgow's great. I, I think that guy could do anything. Oh. <laughs> One of the nicest guys I've met in Hollywood that I worked with was John Slattery. John Slattery. He was he was on Mad Men. Um, he's the silver the silver fox. Yeah. He, he played young Howard, well, middle aged Howard Stark in the yeah. in the uh, Marvel movies. He's very um, dead. Yeah. Um, he was so nice. I worked on Mad Men for two days about eight years ago, maybe. And uh, he was, I mean, they were all pretty nice. Uh, John Hamm was fine. He didn't really talk to me that much, but he was like courteous. But Slattery came out and he was just like, hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for, I was like doing a bit part, like on the show. I was working two days or a day and a half. And he just came on and was like shaking my hand and welcoming me to the set and all this kind of stuff. And the rest of them were super nice too, but that that particularly sticks out to me. That's, that's, that's just great. Like, uh, we met, uh, we had uh, Zordon on the cast once and I was really nervous because I was like, man, if Zordon turns out to be a jerk, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> like, but he was, he was wonderful and, and he was great. So I was like, like you know, they always say don't meet your heroes, but, uh, you know, sometimes you can't. This it, is always oh, the best situation. He told Max to get back to the command center. And oh. I was like, the nerd in me just... I, I died. I almost I, cried. I had to revive me. Yeah, I, I squeaked <laughs> a little bit and then passed out. I sent Luke his contact. You guys should get him on. He's a lot of fun. Yes. He's oh, cool. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun interview. So we He's going to come on again at some point. What's that? Uh, so we shall. <laughs> so we shall. And may the power protect you. So, Luke, who's your favorite Batman? Oh, man. Well, Michael Keaton is definitely the best, like, all around, like, Bruce Wayne and Batman. I really did like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne. I just felt like the voice of Batman. That's the only problem. Is, like, the, it looks so weird how he did it. And he said he did it to have more of an animalistic kind of thing. Was kind of the psyche of it. But I just don't understand how Christopher Nolan's like, yeah, I keep doing that or whatever. Yeah, I'm such a good director. Same with like the Bane voice, like like just like there's perfect films, but two weird voices. But I also, you know, I mean Adam West. You got to love Adam West. I mean he's just awesome. It's not like serious version of Bat, but oh, it's really what kind of started it for me. But yeah, definitely Michael Keaton. When I was younger, I really loved Batman Forever, but I was like the demographic for it, like a young. Like, fourth or fifth grader like wanting to watch that movie like in a theater three or four times and that, you I still like love that one, but I, I will say Mark I um nobody ever says George Clooney I thought George Clooney as Bruce Wayne was fine 
A, he only has to do it for five minutes in that movie. And B, okay, hey, rich white guy, play a rich white guy. Like, this <laughs> I just think with a better script, Clooney could have been better. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, no, that's I won't be because I mean, Val Kilmer is, is is an all right actor, at least he was when, when you know when that was going on. Uh, you know, Keaton obviously, or but Keaton had good scripts or decent scripts, but mm. uh, actually, like when you watch the Burton, there, there's a certain like nostalgia I put on the Burton films that like I, I always thought they were so good, and then like I go back and watch them, I'm like. Batman is a murderous asshole in these movies. <laughs> I like Batman and Robin, or Batman uh, Returns, now that I've gotten older. I like really yeah. like Batman Returns. Yeah. Oh, that so... is a dark, depressing movie, but I, I, I love every every frame of it. One of my favorite Christmas movies. Oh. Exactly. Oh, we had someone join the show right there. We, we have a dog. Yeah. I realized my wife went shopping and my dog was out there barking at people walking outside. So I figured I'd bring her in. This is Kylie. Uh, she is 14 years old. She has liver disease and she just got over cancer treatment. All right. That's good. My daughter's name is Kylie. She's Aww. 12. <laughs> I like this Evil for you. What's that? I like this Dr. Evil shot of you, Ben. You need to just always have like a pet. You're just sitting there petting while you're talking. Like, I start off like this. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I lost Claire. I went to get the dog and I came back and Claire was gone. She was like, Ben's out. I'm out. Yeah, I, guess so. <laughs> I think she was having a hard time with her connection. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I yeah. Guess. She says she's trying to get back on. It, she was having some connection problems. Yeah, no, she's super cool. Hope she can make it back. So yeah, um, I want to find out more about you guys. Well, what do you guys think about uh, movies right now? Do you think that some of these studios, especially, I think Disney should start releasing these to VOD? Because right now, like Marvel is a TV series, and they are pretty much just—they're still making them, but they're not releasing any of them. Do you mm -hmm. think that they should? Well, you know that Disney just about uh, three or four weeks ago they reorganized the entire company. Yeah. basically to be a streaming company. So mm -hmm. that is the the that is their goal going forward. They're still going to release the big box office hits, hopefully. We'll see. But I the thing is it's hard to monetize video on demand, you know, the same way that you can in the theaters. Even though, you know, once you in theaters you got to split it between the, you know, the the theater chains and, and whatnot. And you get all the money when it's streaming. So there is some benefit to that. Uh, for a long time, they've been talking about, like, what if they just release a movie in the theater and release it stream? Ah, there we go. No. This is little, Ewok. little Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they've been, there's been a debate for a long time about, like, what if we release it in the theaters and, hey, Claire's back. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Again. I got kicked out. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but yeah, what's is there an advantage to that? Do I'm an old school guy. I love going to a theater to see a movie, especially if it's a big movie. I yeah. I love that. <laughs> but are there some movies that when they come out, I'd rather you know just stay at home and watch it because I don't have to see every single movie in the theater. But I'll pay to go see a movie in the theater. Yeah. Um, the studios also take a much bigger cut off of the make from the theater than the theater does. Like theaters, that's why popcorn is $17. We lost Claire again. Oh dear. Uh, but that's why popcorn is so expensive. That's why everything in the movie theater is so expensive because that's primarily how they make their money. They make a very small take off of the yeah. actual movies that are showing. But, you know, I'm still kind of like, for me, jury's still out on this whole, like when they released Mulan on streaming and you could get it for 30 bucks. Oh. Like, and then it was first, it was like, oh, and you can only watch it like a rental. But then it was like, oh, no, you get to keep it. And now it's yours. And and then eventually it'll be streaming for free. Would I do that if it was a movie I really wanted to see right out the gate? Maybe I would. You know, if they if they dropped Black Widow and they said, you know, it's 25 bucks, watch it today. I might have a couple of uh, uh, of people in my local COVID pod over, and uh, <laughs> you know, and 
watch it, have them chip in a few bucks, and then I own Black Widow on my streaming service. You know, that's like going to the Arclight Cinema on a Friday night, getting a drink and popcorn. That's about yeah. five bucks. Yeah, and then I get some Pop Secret or some Orville Redenbacher's. <laughs> it's great you have four kids. <laughs> no, I, 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 like that's the thing; it's priced like you need to bring your kids to the theater. Yeah, um, that, that that's what got me because I don't have kids, and um, you know, like I, I'm I'm a single guy. I, I want Mulan was the only like Disney uh, cartoon to live action movie that I actually really wanted to see uh, because I was like Kung Fu, I'm down. Let's let's do it up. And then I was, I paid the thirty bucks, and I was so disappointed in the movie. Uh, like, oh really? Yeah, I, I did not like it at all. It, it, it's like yeah, it, it, it I wasn't good for me. But um, then I'm I'm just super mad at that price tag because I'm like yeah. man, like I gotta pay like I got kids. I don't have kids, and I didn't like this movie. Like, this is... I'm not ever doing this again. So it was just well, like, you know what's interesting is... I, I don't think they really did... I don't think Mulan was a big financial success for Disney. It, it didn't... It was an experiment. It didn't work out as well. And Onward, the Pixar film, they did it video on demand first across all platforms, and then they put it on Disney+. Plus. But what's cool and interesting is they're, the new Pixar film, Soul, comes out Christmas Day completely free for all Disney Plus uh, subscribers. So this is the third white, like it, it's the third big film that they're kind of releasing, trying to see what works best. And so I think that since streaming is kind of like the part of the company that's saving the Walt Disney companies, their streaming service, they're like, okay, let's let's put all of our ducks in a row. Let's make it all here, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. So my question is, so we, we know WandaVision comes out this year. Mm -hmm. But does Winter Soldier and Falcon, does that need Black Widow to come out first before they show that show? Like, how are these straight to Disney Plus series going to work if they're not going to start releasing these movies is my question because everything is tied together. Because I think more than um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is done filming. I, think I don't think Falcon and Winter Soldier is as tied to the WandaVision storyline as the rest of it. I think, I think that's why is, they moved it up because it was supposed yeah. to come out second. Right. So it's coming out this spring, but then WandaVision is, um, I think it's very closely tied to the next Doctor Strange movie mm -hmm. and like the multiverse of the Marvel Universe going forward. So I think that was the most important one. And doesn't it come out? It comes out soon, doesn't it? I think it does. I'm very <laughs> curious to see that show because it looks like nothing Disney has done before with Marvel. Yeah, wild. Their release is very weird. I, I dig it. I'm, I'm very interested to see. I am anxious to see how they tie the TV series to the cinematic universe in real time. Because if you watch, I, I was a big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. And so I started watching that show right at the pilot and kept watching through. And, you know, they do these, they would do these tie-ins to Thor The Dark World and... Um, uh, 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 Winter Soldier and um, Avengers 2 and all this kind of stuff and and then after a while they were just like screw it we can't we, we're not going to do this anymore we, we split the timeline or something I don't know like <laughs> um, and so but now that all of the you know the TV studio and the film studios are all under one roof now um, which I'm a little disappointed by because I love Jeff Loeb me too and I love his stuff. I love what he does. I mean, like right here, the one of my, sorry, I just rearranged my office and I'm excited about all the things that I've put in all the places, but I've got Hush, Batman Hush, like one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. Yep, good yeah. one. That's got um, my favorite scene with Batman and the Riddler, like ever. Oh yeah, it's so good. But, um, so, you know, Jeff Loeb was great at, at constructing a lot of that, but they really, they gave up on it, especially with like the Netflix series, Daredevil and Luke Cage and, and uh, Jessica Jones and all that. They, they kind of like loosely referred to that. And now with, I don't know if you guys watched Hellstrom on Hulu, but that's a Marvel property, but they were basically like, here's the show. It's not connected to the MCU, essentially. And I think, wasn't that Jeff Loeb's final show? Was might have been, yeah. It's the final show from the what formerly was Marvel TV Studios, right? I think, uh, I think with this multiverse that they're doing, I think Feige is going to connect some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, the Netflix contract they had was up in November of this year, so we might start hearing stuff about some of those guys coming into the, the bigger property. But I know the, the shows to Disney Plus are only supposed to be like four to six episodes, 
So right. it doesn't have to go on forever. They can tell right. their story like a movie and they're just long movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, you know, there's all of these rumors about like, um, what's his name from Daredevil? I don't know why I can't think of the Matt Murdock. Well, oh, Charlie Cox. Yes. Charlie yeah. Cox playing <laughs> Matt Murdock as Peter Parker's lawyer in Spider Man 3. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be great. great. But I would, yeah, I'm 100 down for that. I'm, I'm behind that all the way, and I would love that. I think, I think what they do is the studio gets people online. This is my theory, because I think this has been happening for about a decade now. Somebody will they'll they'll get somebody online to be like, wouldn't it be great if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire appeared in a Spider Verse multiverse Spider Man three? And then they see how the internet responds, and then they're like, okay, this is what they want. We're going to go from here. And to disagree with Blacksmith Prime, I'm stoked about that concept. I am too. I want to see a 60 year old uh, Peter Parker interact with a 20 year old. You already Peter saw Parker. that. That's called <laughs> Spider Man 1. <laughs> what? Toby McGuire is 53 years old chasing after a high school school bus. It's <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of I, I don't like, especially the Spider Man 3. I, Spider Man 3 is terrible. We don't talk about that. That doesn't exist. <laughs> but what's the hate of Tobey Maguire? Nah, dude. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Tobey Maguire fan. I, I've never liked, I, 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 I was a fan of Spider Man 2. I thought that was the best one that they did. Sam Raimi's Spider Man 2 is one of the best superhero movies that's been made. Ever. It's, it's, it's hard. I'm glad I, Sam Raimi's I, coming back to Marvel. I, I won't I won't hate on that one too much. But uh <laughs> but no, I'm just not a fan of Toby Maguire. Like I, I the dude has got like crow's eye crow's feet and wrinkles and he and he's like you know, like hanging out at a high school, like the security guard of the high school's gonna be like, Hey, old dude, what are you doing here? Go home. <laughs> like, so do a, do a Michael Keaton, old man Bruce Wayne, what the DC universe. But, but everyone's an adult. Everyone is an adult in, in Batman. It's not like they're trying to hang out at the at the freaking preschool playground. <laughs> do you have an insight into the script? Are they having Tony McGuire at preschool? <laughs> No, oh, I, I was just, I'm not a fan of Tony McGuire. Like Andrew Garfield, I, I don't even really, I don't hate on too much. Like he did, like you know, they asked, he did with the Aston too. But uh, Amazing Spider-Man One, I love that movie. I don't like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I just wish we could forget it that that it happened. <laughs> I even like Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> and then and then it's like this one came out of left field where they're like, oh, Jamie Foxx is playing Electro again in the MCU, and we're like, what? what? Like, what? what? I think. <laughs> I, I honestly think that part of the reason Sony and Marvel were able to work out their differences to bring Tom Holland back is under the guise that they will connect the universes somehow and spit a Spider-Man out to Sony at the end of it. <laughs> and I think that's what they're going to do. Like, fine, we'll take Oscar award-winning Jamie Foxx, but that's it. But, <laughs> yeah. At the same time, why is that? the Like, I love Jamie Foxx. Electro was, like, fine. Like he was okay. I, I wasn't super impressed with him, but out out of the villains you could bring back into the MCU, I would have flipped my bucket if somebody said, "Hey, Alfred Molina is coming back as yeah. Doc." I would have been like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. it could yeah. still happen." For sure. I, I I would like Alfred Alfred Molina to come back and uh, Paul Giamatti to come back as uh, as the writer. Yes. Are you being huh. serious? Yes. <laughs> uh, look, the dude is an amazing actor. No, he is. He is. And, Absolutely. And, and My favorite actor. Fair shot at, at, at the Rhino, and I think okay. that's an easy callback because he didn't do much damage as the character. Like, yeah. no one really remembers he's even in the movies. So, you know, it's <laughs> just like... Two minutes at the beginning and, and 30 seconds at the end. Yeah. So you could definitely have him back, and, and and if you have a good script, then these actors will, will shine more. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, you know... It's not really their fault, you know. Like, like you're saying, like Electro was kind of a blog villain, but Jamie Foxx is an Oscar award-winning caliber actor. It was so, just great you know, give him something to do; he will do yeah. it. Um, it needs a good you are right. So yeah, that, I, that's what I feel. The problem is, I mean, like, I would, I would like to see Paul Giamatti come back. I'm just glad Michael Keaton is sticking around, dude. He's oh, gonna dude, be in Michael Morbius. Keaton was so good as the Vulture. I, I was nervous. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how that was gonna go, but uh, I loved him in Spider-Man, and I yeah, yeah. I'm very happy that he's you know like he's putting his full weight behind. Yeah, him. before Birdman, if you asked me which actor I would want to make the comeback the most, it would have been Michael Keaton. I'm finally living through it. It's great. Birdman was great. 
I this makes me want to go on a rant, not a rant, (laughs) but so I our our podcast is broadcast on that hashtag show.com, which is a fantastic website. They do um, they they were they kind of had a huge thing a few years ago and then they've gone through a thing and now they're like rebuilding. They still do a lot of like uh, WWE wrestling coverage and stuff like that, but they're expanding out back into a lot of entertainment coverage. And um, so our podcast is on that hashtag show. I do a lot of entertainment writing and interviewing for them, or I'm doing more now. And so I, I got to watch and do a review of the pilot of Hellstrom on Hulu. And cause they were like, do you want to do a, a review of Hellstrom? And I was like, sure. What's that? Cause I didn't know it was the Marvel property. I thought it was just a new show on Hulu. Right. Um, and it, in part it's because they didn't really broadcast it. It's like, this is a new Marvel show coming out. Cause I think yeah. it's like, yeah, we have this thing. It was like clerks, the cartoon series on ABC. They're like, this is left over from before. So I guess we'll just give it its moment and then be done with it. But it was interesting because I, I drew parallels to like the horror universe in Marvel comics is a big part of the major storyline. It's, you know, it's a big like third of the major storyline. And a lot of people who are just kind of the casual moviegoer or TV viewer don't realize Dracula is a character in Marvel. You know, the Satan is a character in Marvel. Uh, zombies, ghosts, werewolves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like the occult is a huge part yeah. of the Marvel universe. The character and Hellstrom is kind of, and I could tell from the show, the show Hellstrom is kind of trying to pick up where like Constantine and Supernatural left or are leaving off. And I'm like, is, and now we're looking at Morbius coming out, and oh, it looks like they're uh-huh. connecting that with the MCU because Michael Keaton's going to be in it. And I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be the vulture in it. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Cause there's that scene where he's like, there, I can't remember in the trailer. He said something about you want to learn how to be a bad guy or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but is, is the, are they ready to jump into the occult part of the MCU? And it seems like with, the new Doctor Strange movie in the Multiverse of Madness, they're starting to get into the multiverse and a little bit of the occult because they're going to tie Morbius into this. But after the hot garbage response to New Mutants, and I know New Mutants had a whole other thing going on that's not necessarily the film's fault. You know, there was just a whole other thing going on with New Mutants, but... That, that was like sticking their toe into the water of the horror aspect of, of Marvel Comics, and they got a garbage response to that. Hellstrom is fine. Like, there's some good performances. There's some okay performances. It's kind of weird. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's worth checking out if you're curious. Um, but how are they... I'm just curious to see how they're going to tie Morbius and that kind of stuff into the MCU and how they're going to bring the multiverse and the horror and the occult aspect into it. Because Hellstrom is totally like a, a Constantine type of guy. He uses magic and Satan and demons and all that. Yeah. I wouldn't I be surprised. I, I'm sorry. sorry. I said, I think they're really going to like try to do mainly on TV. Cause remember Dr. Strange was supposed to be a horror movie. They hired Scott Derrickson, a horror director to come direct that movie. I love his films, but they they parted ways over creative differences, and I I think perhaps he was trying to go more horror than what Marvel was f- comfortable doing on the big screen. But I I I think Ben's right. I think they you know everyone said this the same thing when they started when Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out or Thor. Like, can we go? Can we do the cosmic? You know, because Marvel was so you know it was Iron Man, it was Captain America, it was set here on the planet. And they did it better than anyone thought they would be able to do it. It's true. So I think Ben's right. I think uh, the, this side, the horror, the occult, this is this is a new direction that I think they're going to go in. I do, Raimi. too. I think that's one of the reasons Raimi is now involved, because Raimi brings the humor that Marvel is known for, you know, the Evil Dead movies, mm-hmm. and he also brings the horror, too. So I think he would yeah. be a good person to bridge the two a little bit. I, w- I was going to say, lest we forget, Raimi is a horror director. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they probably hit him with the the no disintegrations, like no tree rape. <laughs> Stay away from that, Rainy. <laughs> Somebody tell me, I miss. 
I, I, I forgot. What is Raimi? He he brought on, he's been brought in to do what? For Marvel. Doctor Strange too. Doctor Strange. Oh, oh that's that's right. Raimi's yeah. doing Doctor Strange. That's right. Which is what has caused all of the um Toby Maguire rumors and so on and so forth. <laughs> I, I'm not looking forward to Morbius because I hate Jared Leto. Um but uh, we, you know, we'll see how that goes. I don't feel like from the trailer it's gonna be good. So I, I'm gonna rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I ranted about this on the last one, so I, but I gotta leave it alone today. But um, I'm, I'm not excited about that. But uh, I did see the new mutants, and it was good to see them kind of trying to do it. It wasn't, you know, like it, it didn't turn out the best, you know. But they had so many fingers. In that pot, that uh, you know, like, I'm I'm not surprised it didn't work out just because they, they tried to do so many different people trying to do so many different things with it. Mm -hmm. um, but with horror, also, it's it's real easy to be cheese and real easy to just be bad and very hard to to be quality. So like, yeah, that they bring Sam Raimi on is excellent. Um, if they if that is the you know, like what they're shooting for, because I, I think that the best superhero movies are superhero movies that are is a different movie. It just has superheroes in it. Um, so, you know, like if they're going for horror, then, then yeah, like they got the right guy for the job. And uh, I'm not, I'm not even really a big horror fan. I, I don't like being scared. I'm a very, like, <laughs> I don't know why people do that to themselves, but, it's fun. Uh, but, I, <laughs> but I can recognize good work when it's done, you know? So it's like, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see them, you know, again, like just make make a good horror movie that happens to have Doctor Strange in it, and, and I'm I'm down. So that's I mean, I we'll see how that goes. When I heard Sam Raimi, I yelled, "Yes, Bruce Campbell's coming to the MCU because yes. we know he's following right behind." Boomstick. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do a little nutshell rant really quick because uh, in, in response uh, to your comment about Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. I, I felt the same way for a long time. And I had the opportunity, again, I'm an actor. I had the opportunity about a year ago to work on a movie set with Jared Leto. He was on set. I didn't work with him directly, but I, I was present when he was shooting a number of scenes. And I, I'm a huge Batman fan as well. And I was like, this Joker is unforgivable. Like, I hate this Joker. I hate Jared Leto's Joker. I don't like it. I don't like the way he's designed. I don't like the way he's performed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I am unimpressed. <laughs> and I, I'm standing here watching this guy do these scenes. And some of them, it's like, it's we're outdoors. It's cold. He's doing the exact same thing over and over and over again from 19 different angles. And I start looking at it as like, oh, this is, this is a guy. Like, this is a real person. This is a human being that exists. <laughs> and I'm looking at him right now. Like, this isn't just some character that's a meme on my computer screen or some, you know, person that doesn't exist but as a character that we can, you know, make fun of and be mean to. This is an actual human being that's standing in front of me who eats and drinks and feels sad and happy and all these kind of things. And that that brought a new kind of level to it. Now, you can say a lot of things like 30 Seconds to Mars is a great band. He also has an island cult, which is weird. Um, I like 30 Seconds to Mars. I'm not a huge fan, but I like him well enough. But he has an island cult, which is weird and, and strange and that has its own issues. But then all of a sudden I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, this Joker thing, first of all, they're like, hey, Jared Leto, we want you to take the, one of the most iconic characters of pop culture that's already been immortalized by Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, uh, Cesar uh, uh, Romero. Cesar Romero. Romero iconic portrayals and we want you to to make a new iconic portrayal of it mark hamill just throw that in there sorry. oh mark hamill yes of course <laughs> that, i would be remiss to not not mention mark hamill and and then also the whole tattoos gangster you know lamborghini thing was a lot of that might not have been his input that was a lot of probably studio exec input and, and director and and writer and whoever else and so i don't specifically with the joker i don't think a lot of that was necessarily his fault so i've kind of pulled back on my blame of jared leto for that portrayal of the joker um because the 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 burden that was placed on him to take up the reins of this iconic pop culture character was Just more than years. any man can handle well i mean look, like he does get a little bit of the short end of the stick because the joker doesn't even really belong in that movie at all 
Like True. just the character has no real reason to be there. Um, so like it, I, I get it, you know, and I and I say I hate Jared Leto. Like I'm sure if you meet the person, he's a fine person. Like I I, I fanboy out a little bit. I, I do use extreme verbiage, but I, I don't mean <laughs> any harm to come to Jared Leto. Um <laughs> But no, it's just like I, I I don't like Thirty Seconds to Mars. I've not been a fan of most of his movies. Um, you know, it's but benign nerd rage. He's won an Oscar. Like he's he obviously does good work. Like I I, I you know like there, there's something in there. But that Joker was was a train wreck for for everyone involved. Like, I don't know why he was written into the movie, and then like when he was written in, I don't know why they chose to do it that way. And then when they hired Jared Leto to do this thing, I don't know why he was like, okay, well you know like I. I'm gonna do this thing, and that's okay. Like, I just, I feel like everyone failed on that, and yeah. and, it's, and he does have to take credit for his part in it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if somebody wanted to hire me to play a Batman villain, I'd be like anybody but the Joker. Yeah. Right. I for want sure. to be Condiment King. I want to be Calendar Book, Man. Bookworm. Yeah. Unless book they're exactly. really good <laughs> I just don't want to play that the job. Oh yeah, I, I was watching Joker the other day. <laughs> oh my god, I love that movie. Joker was fine. I I was but, fine with Joker. I was like, man. But yeah, but that was a whole you know, that, that was something they were like, hey, we're doing this thing, and 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 it's outside of everything else. And you it get wanted it. it wanted to be Taxi Driver so bad, really, so bad, really, bad. really, really <laughs> wanted to be Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver with a little bit of um, King of Comedy, another yeah. Scorsese movie. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing though to like pay homage to like these things no. in the past. like people like oh my gosh they ripped off something from 30 like 40 years ago like how dare they like it, it's more of a thing when you rip off something that like just happened but if you're paying wow. tribute to something that like nobody knows from like past generations i mean like how long ago is like 40 years ago i think it's kind of a good thing i mean there's okay. nothing not a direct ripoffs but kind of bringing back some cinematic feel and that 70s yeah, filmmaking that we all love i don't think is a bad thing no, what what I thought they did really really well was Gotham. This is the Gotham City that would breed the situation to create the Batman. Like like I could see the Batman coming from this Gotham City. So like that was what I thought they did really well. It, yeah. it, it's uh you know like it, it has to be a character all in itself, and that, I feel like that's where a lot of people have trouble. Um, Schumacher. That's uh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> What I think that was great that it was set in 1981, which is this weird, gritty, like the country was in a weird place because mm -hmm. decades are not like the 80s is not the 80s. The 90s is not the 90s. What these decades are really is 1975 to 1985 and 1985 to 1995 right. and 95 to 2005. Like those are the cultural like decades. It's not yeah. 90 to 2000. And so to be right in the middle of that 75 to 85 decade and it's weird and it's gritty and it was like, you know, I, I don't know, like the country was in a weird place and there was all this, you know, wild stuff going on. And, and um, yeah, it was it was the filmmaking was great. I'm not I'm not disparaging it by saying it wanted to be Taxi Driver. I was just watching it and being like, "Ooh, this movie really wants to be taxi. <laughs> I'm going to disparage it a little bit. I fell, <laughs> I fell asleep in the theater in the middle of it. Woke up at the end. I didn't like the beginning. Didn't like the end. I woke up a little. I haven't seen a piece of it that I liked yet, so I, I have to watch it again. I am not a fan. Of the movie yet. Okay, all right. Uh, but he fell asleep in every movie, so that's I, I always fall asleep. But I, I, I had a couple beers, you know, like that. I, I was looking forward to it, but I, I mean, it went like thirty minutes in. I was like, man, I'm just, I'm getting tired of like, oh, this poor guy. Everybody doesn't like him. Everyone's beating him up. Poor, what, woe is me. I'm like, just shut up and have a movie. I, I was not enjoying that movie at all. Part, I'm part, the second chance though. Like my favorite, like Joker, whatever. You don't know where the Joker came from. You don't yeah. know who this guy is. Um, so I, I feel like when they tell a story that's the beginning of the Joker, you're already doing disservice to the character because yeah. you shouldn't know kind of how he got there or was he always this insane? Like, like you just <laughs> have no idea. That's a that's a big part of the character that like because it when right. he pledges. He's Ledger's Joker. He tells a different story to different people, but not because any of the stuff actually happened, because he knows that that's what will mess with that person. And mm -hmm. and I really like that a lot. So, so I, I feel you on that. Like, it's really hard to tell a Joker origin story and, and have it be good, but uh, there's a scene 
uh, after he kills this dude with the, with the with the midget is locked in his house. <laughs> little person. Little, little person. Like, Max. Sorry, little I'm person. sorry. The little person. <laughs> I'm a terrible person, but, but, but the little person is locked in. He can't reach the lock. I died laughing. I was laughing for like ten minutes in the movie theater. I'm sure people thought I was insane. Like. They were <laughs> I will say that the, an origin story for the Joker does a disservice to the character. One of the best biographies of the Joker is Gary Oldman in The Dark Knight when he's like, no identification, no record, clothes are custom. He had nothing in his pockets but some knives and loose change or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that is the Joker's bio. Oh, yeah. Joker's yeah. vital stats, you know. Man, guys, I could talk to you guys for hours. Um I gotta let you guys go. I know Max has got to get to work, but um, uh, Luke, Jim, Ben, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, let everybody Claire, know where they can Claire, find thank you. Thank you for coming on, even though you're Sorry, we'll get her on again next time. Yeah, no, she was super cool. Uh, it was it was she nice to meet Claire. Like, and I like who doesn't love meeting Power Rangers? I need to get her on right. three geeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and, and you said uh, tell everybody where they can find us. You can find me at Jim Fry LA. That's on Twitter or James D Fry on Instagram. But of course, follow us at theconguy.com. That's where you can find out everything about us. Luke. Yeah, you can find me right here at Cheese on Couch on both Instagram and Twitter, and as well on theconguy.com and on the Instagram of the Con Guy. And also, we have a site called thescareguy.com that's part of the con guy so you can check out you horror fans check us out there on social media and our website yeah we like being scared <laughs> I, have, I have recently reconnected with loving horror movies this halloween season my wife and i watched a ton and it was a blast um my name is ben cleaver you can find me on twitter and instagram at b-e-n-k-l-i-e-w-e-r that's ben cleaver hard to spell easy to say and remember, I'm drinking out of this red cup because whenever Ben Cleaver shows up, it's always a party. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Looks like we're droids. <laughs>